That's not what I want. Take that off the board. What? Oh, son of a bitch. Welcome to the to the show, Brad. Hey, how's it going? It, it's going it's going well. It's going great. Except I gotta walk over and fix my OBS because for some reason you're showing up uh in not the right box. But give me like one second. Uh in the meantime, you can explain to to the crowd why you're wearing a Houston Astros jacket here when I'm a Boston fan. Come on. You should know better than that. Uh, well, I don't know better than that because last time I checked, the Boston Red Sox did not oh, win God, I can't hear what he's saying. the World Series uh, in 2022 or in 2017. I think they won in 20, was it 18 or 19, whenever they won it. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant, just like the Boston Red Sox. Um, I don't really know what else to say, although I am a big fan of nothing to do with Boston. No, I'm just kidding. I've never been to Boston. Never been to Boston, huh? No, no. Is that where you are right now? Are you in Boston? Where are you? I'm actually in upstate New York. I'm in Albany. Okay. But I grew up Albany. in Albany. Albany. Did I say okay. that wrong? No, 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 no. I was just repeating it louder. <laughs> louder. Like emphasize it. Albany. Albany. Yes. That's right. No, I am I'm I am donning all my Astros gear. Um, I'm feeling very in the spirit today. Very in the spirit. I, I purchased the season tickets. Oh, so nice. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Good How seats. How do you feel about losing your top pitcher? Ooh, question. Uh, well, if we were to have lost Framber Valdez, <laughs> I would uh, tell you how I felt about it, but I, but we didn't, so uh, I don't feel any kind of way. No, JV had a great season, obviously a Cy Young season, but um, you know, hey, he wanted the money. He's only got a couple more years left. He got us two championships. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be mad about that. Somebody wants to go out to. The Mets, uh, they can do that. You're not a Mets guy, but you're a Red Sox guy. I am, I'm a, really I am a Red Sox fan. Yep, I grew up Red Sox fan. Why? I mean, not why, but like, what's the what's the you know explanation here? My dad was, my older brother was, and that was anybody just... from Boston. No, no, no. It's just your team. Yep, my hometown is. It's in New York. It's in upstate New York, even farther than Albany. Uh. uh it's like right on the border of Vermont, so mm. I don't know. Now, who do you root? Who do you root for in the realm of football? Oh, you're gonna like this. Okay, so I'm a Am Sox. I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Sox fan, obviously. Celtics fan. They're winning. They just beat the Warriors here tonight. Bruins okay, fan. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, but I'm a Tennessee Titans fan in football. Gosh, we cannot. <laughs> We cannot get along in any respect because, as you know, the yeah. Titans used to be yes. the Houston Oilers. Yes. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Congratulations, My, uh, <laughs> Coach Vrabel. Coach Vrabel used to be a student of of my wife's yoga class. So wow. look at that. Interesting. Yeah, because he was he was a coordinator for Houston for a while before he took your job or that job, not your job. Not you my job. The coach. I'm the owner of the Titans. Yeah. Are we live? Is this live? We're, we're we always going? live. This show is always live. That's fun. It is fun. I don't like to edit or prep in any manner. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, we like to do it live. We, we're going to fuck it. We're going to do it live. That's right. Um, no no O'Reilly. No we're O'Reilly. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Um, first of all, thank you for giving us your time. Thanks for coming on. Um, no, thanks for having me. Yeah. You, I mean...
this is a wrestling show, but we literally talk less about wrestling than, or we talk more about other crap. But you fit right in our niche because you 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 are a fan of wrestling. You're an announcer for Reality of Wrestling, which we've had a ton of talent on from there. Uh, you you do a show with Booker T. Uh, you're all over the place, but you, you've done something. And when when I when I saw what you did, I was like, we have to have him on. Like it was amazing. You wrote this book. Back I to the see future. it right there. First of all, my favorite movie. It's on. It's on in the background. The small. You probably I, can't see it. I see it somewhat. Doc's on the screen right now. Doc is no, on and the now screen. just. It's. We're 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 streaming it from a uh, on a closed circuit TV due to the fact okay. that it's not streaming anywhere. You, I mean, it is. You have to pay for you it. You pay for it, right? Yeah. But it's not like it's not on Peacock. It used to be on Peacock. It used to be on Netflix. What scene or what scene are we on? This is oh, back to the future. This is uh where Marty is writing the letter to Doc, Doc to put the vest to give on. to him in eighty five. Right. Okay. I'm gonna jump around with my notes here. Uh. I, I just heard on uh, – I was listening to your podcast, the Back to the Future, the podcast. You were talking about fan uh, theories uh, from a YouTube guy called The Way, brought up four theories. Right. And, and he talked about how Doc changed his mind. Uh, he said, don't mess with the past because it's going to have such consequences on the future. When he heard that uh, – uh, What's is it? Crispin Glover punched Biff for the first time, or not Crispin, but but Marty's dad punched Biff for the first time ever. He never stands up in his life ever. Marty, yeah, he's like, and so was was that the moment he changed his mind and is like, oh, maybe there can be some positive aspects of this time travel stuff. Yeah, it could have been. You know, the thing with with the doc with the doc <laughs> is um. He he is a very interesting man because he does change his mind several times throughout the the trilogy, right? Uh, he says at first like you can't change anything in the past because you don't know what kind of ramifications it has in the future. Then he said at the end of the movie, Back to Future One, I figured what the hell. But then literally, uh, the stinger for Back to the Future One going into Back to the Future Two is him saying we got to go into the future and change some stuff. Mm, that's right. So, so we have a through line. We got to do something about right? your kids. Right. But then he gets mad at Marty in 2015 for buying the Almanac and saying, I didn't, you know, to invent the DeLorean uh, to, to win a gambling bet or right. whatever the exact quote is. So that's really him going back on going into the future and changing what happened. Do you see what I'm saying here? I do so he kind of goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then in the third movie, He's ready to risk it all and give it all away for Clara Clayton yes. and essentially does, but then still comes to his senses. He's a very complicated individual, Emmett Brown. Oh, man. I got these notes, but I'm going to go off on a lot of tangents. The Clara Clayton incident, I had a discussion with my brother about this. Okay. Um, Clara Clayton, original timeline, crashes, goes into a ravine. It's Clayton Ravine. Right. That's the original timeline. Doc saves her. Mm -hmm. uh, preventing her from falling into the ravine. Oh, I'm going to lose it. I can't remember where I was going with it. So my question is, if he saved her and she never went into the ravine, then 
Oh, gosh. He's in the chat. I hope he remembers. It'd have to come back to me, Brad. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. But, but, but the old Indian name for it was Shonash Ravine. Shonash. That's right. Of course. And then in the future, it was named Eastwood Ravine. Because um, they assumed that Clint Eastwood went over in the train, in the time train. But yes, it's a it's a it's a very quality set of of, of three movies, all of which came out before uh, I was born. Yes, but uh, have had a significant impact on my life so much so that I've spent endless hours talking about things just <laughs> as you brought up, and um, and writing a book about it, which was unexpected. But I'm happy that I did it because uh, it's one of those things not a lot of people do. They, yeah. they, you know, they say, oh, well, I'll write a book one day. But when you're actually presented with the challenge of it, right. um, you understand why so few people do it, because it's absolutely insane to do. It is not a normal person's thing. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to I'm going to get to the ready. We're, we're different ages. I watched Back to the Future 2 in the theater. I got pumped. Watched Back to the Future 3 in the theater. Mm. Um, why? What is it about Back to the Future? that makes it so loved across all these different generations? I think it's several things. Um, first off, I, like you, I came to the movies, though, uh, later. And after I saw Back to the Future 2, I was like, oh, my God, there's a three. And I went right. to the Blockbuster video, and I begged my mother to uh, let me rent it. And, uh, and it wasn't a two-day rental, so I knew I had a little time with it. It was a five-day rental. Um, a lot of people don't even remember. They have all no that idea. Stuff. Some people have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not that old, but like I remember a, my all my siblings were old, which is where I'm getting to. Like right. my uh, my dad's born in the 40s, my oldest brother in the 60s, my second oldest brother in the 70s, my sister in the 80s, and I was born in the early 90s. So we have this generational gap between us, and for some reason, we all could relate around Marty McFly and. You're familiar, being a wrestling fan, probably with yeah. a guy, Chris Van Vliet. Yep. Uh, do yep. you know Chris Van Vliet? Yeah, we had uh, him on. A Canadian. Yep. yep. Okay, you've had Chris on. Yeah. Chris is a great guy. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about Chris Van Vliet and the kind of individual that he is and the um, extending of the hand that he's lent to me. But I'm bringing him up because he had some TikTok or something recently about Back to the Future. Did you see it? I did not. So he talked about why the movie is his favorite movie and so many people's favorite movie is because he, he says that Back to the Future comes down to choices, right? Yes. Uh, and how one choice that you make, although might seem insignificant at the time, could have incredible ramifications on the rest of your life. And when he said that, it actually resonated with me. And I've, I've kind of touched on that in the book and the podcast before, but he did it very succinctly in a TikTok, which was impressive in its nature. And it made me think about something that I used to do. I, have you ever done this to where you think, oh, man, if I didn't go to this high school, yeah, I wouldn't if. have met this person yeah. and this person and I now we are this, this and this. Like, I would have met my wife if I didn't go to this one school, but I wouldn't have gone to that school. If my grandparents didn't live in the area. So you just start going back, back, back. And I think that that somewhat makes Back to the Future so uh, or makes it resonate with so many people is because you sit there and do that yourself, like. If Crispin Glover's character, George, doesn't go up in the tree and isn't a peeping Tom, he wouldn't have slipped, hit his head, and then woke up in Leah Thompson's bed, yeah. which sometimes we all wish we could have done. Oh, we all do, we all do wish. Respect. Yes. Respect to Leah Thompson. Yes. But I'm just saying. Um, yeah, people relate. Everyone thinks, what if? What if I did this? What if I did that? Interesting. If you had the time machine, though, would you go forward or back? 
This is the question I always, I don't know what to do. That is a great question because which has the bigger consequence going back and changing something or going forward and learning something? Well, see, they both can have Mm. consequences on your present timeline. Mm. Um, I would like to be an observer of things. I guess I'm such a fan of history. I always find myself saying, man, I wish I could see what it was like back in the 40s or even in the in the turn of the century around the Industrial Revolution. Or what if you were there for the Gettysburg Address? Like Stuff like that would be cool. Right. And I don't think I want to know too much what happened in the future. Right? Like, we don't yeah. want to know. True. You know, some people are futurists. Like, they can see a wave coming. They see, un- they know what I the cannot. next technology is That's gonna be. Me. I have, don't have that. That's not me. And I, I kind of like that I don't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like I like the surprise of the future. We're uh and I think I'm I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing that I like the surprise of the future. In the chat, not only is my brother here, but we got some other people saying they would go to the past, they'd go to the past and live. Um mm-hmm. I see I, the appeal I, of that. I feel like if I went into the past, I would be too tempted to change things. Mm. Like do I yes. am I aware? Am I aware of Back to the Future and the consequences of changing things in the past? Or do I just... You would have to be. Okay. Yes. You would have to be. Well, like, like it's the whole, you know, baby Hitler thing, right? right. Like, that's yep. the theory that, yep. you know, do you go back and you kill baby Hitler? And I think it's... I wouldn't want to alter anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what all that led to and what the... You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what the long-term ramifications of changing something is. But I would like to just see it. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'd like Live to it. see things that happened in the past or just feel the vibe of of the 1920s in New York, like during the Harlem Renaissance and being around for the invention of jazz. It would just be cool to see it, yeah. but have no fly on the wall aspect. I'm an observer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the book, Back to the Future, uh, Back from the future. I always screw that up. Back from the future. A celebration of the greatest time travel story ever told. A quick read, yes. first of all. And yes. uh, relatable. By design. <laughs> mm-hmm. Relatable because it's like uh, from a fa- it's like what we're doing here tonight. What I do with my brother. We sit we around the bar. Uh, run back to the future theories. Questions af- after us uh, or past each other. Uh, it's great. Um, but my question for you is, uh, you're into music, you, you host mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of things, you have podcasts, mm-hmm. announced reality or wrestling. Those are all mm-hmm. collaborative projects. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're working with someone, playing off each other. Uh, writing, solo project. Uh, you go down into a basement, write a book. What was that transition like for you? You know... That is such a great question because you actually hit on something that that is in my nature. I am a collaborator by nature. I love talking to people, like having the radio show a book, bouncing things off of them, being in a band or writing a song. You're like, hey, man, what if you said this line this way? And they're like, oh, yeah, what if you did it like this? Oh, man, what if we put the chorus here, take out the, the drums on this part? Like it's, it is collaborative by nature, but when you write a book, um, in, in Texas, we don't have basements, but we, we do, we do have attics, but I will tell you, it was, it was a very, it was a very difficult process. It was the most difficult thing in my life. Now the book itself, um, is about 40,000 ish words, uh, give or take. And it was done 
you call it a quick read and that was actually done by design nice um i i would have conversations with people about back to the future who were in their late 70s i'd have people conversation with people about back to the future who were like 10 years old like my nephew and i thought man i want to write a book that is just like the movies is generational and can reach all people and i felt like when i was a kid I would look at a book and if it was real thick, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm out. I just can't do it. Right. And um, like a Harry, like I really wanted to get into Harry Potter. And I remember going to the store and buying the order of the Phoenix, but then 20 pages in, I was like, I can't commit to this. Um, So I, I wanted it to be succinct to the point and relatable to all ages. But to answer your question, I found it very difficult. I found it hard to focus at times uh, sitting there typing away on a keyboard mindlessly uh you almost lose track of what you're doing so this is actually funny one of the things that i did and this doesn't this seems like it would be opposite but i wanted just to be around people mm-hmm. while i was writing gotcha um for that collaborative vibe and you're actually the first person i ever told us to so i went to as part of my uh standings i guess here in the great city and state of houston texas i'm i have a credential media for the houston rockets and so I would actually go to the Rockets games and sit in the little press booth with 20,000 strong cheering James Harden at the time. And I'd sit there on my keyboard and I'd write the book at the Rockets games. Huh. That's that that was like that was how I found to be most productive. Right. Um, being around. Now, you might not think, wait a minute, like there's loud noises. There's thousands of people cheering. There's the announcers, there's the music, there's the lights. But it was something just about being around the vibe of people. Now that I didn't write the whole book there, but I would go there as a uh, kind of an escape. That is interesting. I would feel like yeah. if I wrote a book or anything, I'd have to be like down here and I'd have to have no, my kids wouldn't, couldn't bother me. My wife couldn't come down. I'd have to separate myself from society, but I still think I would multitask. I think I'd probably listen to music, maybe, mm. while I do it. I just can't. I can't do that. But it's I hard. will say this. Yeah, I will say this. Um, I am a big fan of Daniel Craig in in the yeah. James Bond series. Shout you just out did to that uh, book too. Uh, Benoit Blanc. You know, I can't do the thing that he does, but it's really good. Um, he oh. had this quote after he after he finished filming Spectre, and he said. When he was asked, would he ever do another Bond movie? He said, I'd rather smash the glass in front of me and cut my wrist than to ever do another James Bond movie. Wow. Yes. But then he went on to do another James Bond movie. (laughs) And it's almost how I felt about the the writing process. Is after I finished and I hit submit and I sent it to the publisher and it was locked. We went through the edit. So we cut chapters. We did all this. I said, I never want to do that again ever in my life. And then, like six months later, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I have a, a kind of an idea of something I'd like to do." And then, there I was writing another book. Yeah, uh, that leads me. I, I was going to ask you. Uh, you did write the the Bond book, uh, which I mm. don't know the name of the title of that book. Off it's the top called of Bond: James Bond Exploring the Shaken and Stirred History of Ian Fleming's 007. Wow. Mm-hmm. Title that. subtitle. It's title you know subtitle. I mean? Find that in the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Yeah, Bond right. James Bond is like the uh, yeah. title. Right. The, yes. in the, Back from the future. But my question right. was, when you finish this book, mm-hmm. are you, do you feel complete or do you do you have more to say? Will there be another Back to the Future book? It's a great question. I actually feel 
like I, if I were to write that today, right. it would be completely different than the book you're holding right now. It'd be, it probably not even look any, any close to the same book. Um, but again, I wrote this book in 2019 mm -hmm. is when I wrote it. It's four years ago. I was 26 and, um, that's the first book I ever wrote. Right. You know what I mean? Now that I have the benefit of having written it and then written a second one, I know the pitfalls, the trials, and the tribulations of doing something like that. And I probably would format it differently. I'd probably do a bunch of things differently, but it's one of the things that I've learned that you have to live with, whether you're a writer, an artist, or uh, an interviewer, or anything. Once it is finished and it's out in the ether, that's it. Yep. Like, you got to live with it. So there are things in the book that I would love to change or I would love to add or I'd love to redo. But, you know, I can't. Can't go back in time. You can't go back in time. Uh, you can't <laughs> do it. And so but I've gotten such great uh, feedback from people who have read it. And, and, and like they said, similar to you, it felt like a fan talking to them. Right. And that was really the whole point of the book. I didn't want to sound like a someone one time said in a radio intro to me. They're like, and he's a back to the future expert. And I'm like, no, I am not a back to the future expert. I am somebody who talks about these movies. I might know more about them than the average individual, uh, but I am no expert. And um, so this wasn't meant to be some sort of textbook of back to the future. It was meant to be what the subtitle says, a celebration yeah. of the greatest time travel story ever told. Uh, there are experts out there. There are, there are other books back to the future. This one is like, hey. you know, yeah, but you want to see something I actually got in the mail the other day? I would love to see it. Getting on my desk. I, this seems like we're relaxed, so I can show you this. Yes. Um, This came in the mail, this little box. Interesting. And I don't know where it came from, which is really interesting, because I don't. I did not order it, to my knowledge, unless it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't know what I was doing. Did they say so it's been sitting in the UPS waiting all these years to deliver it to you on that day? Uh, uh, yes, actually. It was a Western Union delivery Western man. Union. By. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, um, but look at this. So this is a Back to the Future 2 prop. Oh, and I'm going to pull it out and so show this jealous. to you. This is the Hill Valley Police Department badge for uh, Officer Foley, who uh, who helps, what's her name, uh, Jennifer, yep. get into her house in the future. But look at that. Look at that. Agent Foley, like Axel. Or and, Mick. Uh, that's pretty cool, I thought. Who sent you that? Where'd that come from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I really don't know. And it didn't have any note in there. Because uh, I've gotten things from people before who know I'm Back to the Future fans. Like, I can't show you without getting up. But, like, I have a Pepsi Perfect that oh. somebody sent me, which is really cool. I have an autographed Tom Wilson Griff helmet. Nice. It yep. was pretty cool. Um, Did they make I, Pepsi Perfects? Uh, yeah. From Back to the Future Two as a, as a advertisement for that. Yeah, in in 2015 though, in 2015 oh. they released them and you could buy them for uh, twenty dollars and fifteen cents. Obviously, oh, makes sense. And uh, Pepsi did a, a limited run. Um. I'm being told in the chat with uh, bylaws of physics, you can't travel back in time. But if you travel at the speed of light, you can travel into the future. I would have no knowledge of that. I got Me my either. degree and I was a liberal arts major. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about physics. I read that and I'm like, well, if you travel fast enough, you probably could 
technically, like Superman's uh, been it back. Exactly. Superman was able to literally put the tape in reverse. Like it went, the whole thing went backward and we were ended back in the spot and then he changed what happened to Lois Lane. Would she die in an avalanche or something like she, that? Or a mudslide? It was a, a mudslide or, or an earthquake? Or earthquake. Maybe it was an earthquake. Something like that. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Um, Superman 2, was that? Or 1? Yeah. Superman 2. Yeah. Um, I shot them at the same time. They, I get them confused. <laughs> uh... Hall of Fame podcast with Booker. Does Booker like uh, Back to the Future? Yes. Yeah, wow. we've talked about it before. He is a big Back to the Future fan. You know, what's funny is I have, I call it the 85 trilogy. There are three movies that I really hold near and dear to my heart, and they okay. all came out in 1985. One of them is Back to the Future, obviously. obviously. Booker's a fan. Okay. okay. The other one, Chevy Chase as Fletch. Fletch. Are you a Fletch fan? I haven't. I, I'm going to have to say no, because I haven't seen it enough to cons- even... If I said I was a fan, I'd be lying. I haven't seen but it. But you ha- have you seen it? I have seen it. Maybe once. Okay. okay. It's worth the revisit. Okay. Um, It's definitely... It's his best. It's maybe next to Christmas Vacation. I mean, the Vacation series, are, it's a really hard one to top. Right. But other than that, this is the best Chevy Chase by far. Um, And then the other one is... The other 1985 cult classic, Clue the Movie. Okay, you ever seen that this I, one? yes, that I like a lot. Clue the Movie is sensational, sensational. So, uh, but yeah, but Booker Booker's a Back to the Future fan and a Fletch fan, which is why obviously we get along. Um, wait, I'm looking at my notes. I wanted to. I'm trying to make Fine. great transitions, but I'm just not good at them. Sometimes. You know what? Like, you know, if you can't do a perfect ten out of ten, like you know, just move on to the next. Just thing. move on. <laughs> Um, all right. You probably heard this question before. It's probably been thrown at you several times. Uh, I'll, I'll try to throw a bunch at you. One, d- uh, would you like to see a Back to the Future 4? Um, okay. Or do you think we'll see a reboot of the series mm-hmm. or a Cobra Kai-style reboot? Those are three different questions. Right. Um, the answer to the questions in order is yes, no, no. Um, I'll say I'm one of the Back to the Future fans who it's like at first I always said, no, no more movies. This is perfect. Do not touch my happiness. Don't don't F with it. Right. And then. I went and saw what they now call the 2016 Ghostbusters answer the call. Right. Um, with Kate McKinnon and, and company. And um, I had the same thing when feeling when they're making that movie when the movie is released i'm like this is going to ruin ghostbusters for me if it's not good and then i went and saw the movie and i mean it was dog crap but it didn't ruin my love for ghostbusters one and two at all it did not lessen my enjoyment of the films it didn't make me view them any differently um i did not like the 2016 ghostbusters and it wasn't because I remember that film had a lot of controversy because it's like all female cast. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the all female cast. I think all those women are completely talented and awesome. But I did not like the movie. So then I started thinking about it. I said, well, you know what? What's the worst thing that can happen if they make another Back to the Future movie? One, if it's awesome, well, great. We have more Back to the Future in our lives that I can sit and talk and do a podcast about for another seven more years after that. But if it sucks, I never have to watch it again, and I still have the perfect trilogy of one, two, and three. So I would like to see it 
only because if it's great, incredible. Do I think it's going to happen? Do I think there's going to be a reboot? Absolutely not. Bob Gale, who's the co-creator of Back to the Future, I've had on my yeah. podcast on two occasions. He is pretty much like, no, not going to happen, never going to happen. Don't even consider it not, not in the realm of possibility. So for those reasons, I don't think we're going to see it. And I asked him that question. I said, hey, the guys from Cobra Kai said they'd like to do a Back to the Future series of Cobra Kai. And he was like, I'm not interested. Did they really say that? They did. They did. Interesting. Yeah, they said they'd love a shot at Back to the Future. And then literally I asked Bob Gale the question. He said, no. Did they have an idea of what they would do? I don't think that they, I think that they do have an idea. But they, didn't but want they did not it. share what it is. Yeah. Uh, being asked in the chat, did you enjoy Ghostbusters Afterlife? Loved it. I mean, look. Is it like the first two? No. But does it feel like it's a part of that universe? And what did it leave me wanting to see more from it? Yeah. Did I love... I know a lot of people are like, Ghost Egon was weird. I didn't really think so. I kind of thought that was like a really touching moment. And I thought they did a great job with it. What, did you like it? Did you like uh, I, Afterlife? I did not see it. You haven't seen Afterlife? I have not. I have oh. not seen Afterlife, and I have not seen the one with uh, Kate McKinnon. Wait. I, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, like they're both worth the watch to see them. The Afterlife, though, is is a good movie. My wife's a big Ghostbusters fan, so maybe we can really? get back into it. Yeah. I watched so, the, so, the movies, the originals, and the cartoon. I was a big fan of the cartoon yeah. and Ecto Cooler. Right. Uh, I just so what are your what are your go to movies other than Back to the Future? Back to the Future, Star Wars, mm, Indiana okay. Jones. Oh yes. You know Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of everything that you just listed. Indiana Jones, in particular, out of those three properties, making a new one. Um, I know, I like it. Yeah. I here's the thing: the fourth one, Crystal gets Skull, crapped on. Yes, Crystal Skull gets crapped on more than it deserves to. Right. Like, I get there was some weird CGI, and maybe you don't like the alien thing, but I like that movie. Is it the best Indiana Jones movie? No. no, but it's third on the list for me. Um, Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Temple of Doom guy. Uh, I don't find that movie as enjoyable as other people. I think it's Crusade, Raiders, Crystal Skull, and then Temple. I don't know. I like the movie. I don't know why people dislike it so much. See, it's I, I, I kind of have fun with it. Because Temple of Doom got me in to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. one's higher up on my tier list is what people like to do higher up my tier list uh then raiders of the lost ark is phenomenal yeah it's so good but then at the age i was i saw last crusade in the theaters and that was like epic to me because i'm not gonna do 89 yeah 89 so i was 10 years old so Mm -hmm. really stuck hit home junior they <laughs> really hit home. And I'm like, oh my God, there's young Indiana Jones. So I think that's up there. So I think my tier is skewed because mm-hmm. of my age when I saw things. Crystal Skull, not as bad as people say. I'm very excited for the new one. Uh, I think it will close things out. I think Harrison Ford wants to have closure for a lot of those things. He did it with Star Wars. He, he did. He, he wanted that closure. So be interesting. And I'm, I'm not sure when that's coming out, actually. It's uh, summer, I think. Summer so- this year. Um, also, Back to the Future on Broadway summer of this year. It is in New York City. Yeah, I, I really, me and the wife, we're discussing it. You know, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm there. 
to see it. I have well, I have to see it. I just don't know when I'm going to, but I'm right. going to see it this year. Absolutely. Um spectacular. Oh gosh, I feel like we go all night, but God, I got I gotta I, I work in the school system. I gotta, I got some back to the future questions. Something me and my brother do a lot is we try to like um we try to stump each other. We try to either come up with loopholes and or or just questions that the other person can't answer. Um and it, it's fun to do. So I, I wrote some questions down. Uh-oh. And I think you'll have all the answers because I think we've answered them, but it, it'd be great to hear another perspective, another fan's perspective. Okay. I'm not making any promises, but let's go. Let me Here try. Here we go. Ready? Uh, okay. So in no particular order, why did old man Biff disappear? And based on your book, it was cut out and should it have been in? Uh, the answer to that is yes, it should have been. Um, I do do a chapter on this one. It's mm -hmm. called American Time Story, Old Man yep. Biff. And I, when I saw Back to the Future 2, as probably most people did, whenever he disappears, it's, it's a whole lot of, like, whoa, wait, what? I mean, he doesn't disappear. But whenever he, like, gets out of the DeLorean right. and he's like, oh, 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 you know, you're like, what is going on? Right. Like, what happened? And it was never really explained. And so I, I always thought that that was an odd one. And then when the DVDs came out and you were able to see that he disappears, I was like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Right. And then you start to put together, it was another illustration of the consequences of time travel yeah. and um, how it can be misused and how it can you can literally erase yourself from existence, which is what happened. According to Stephen Clark, who is the aficionado of all things Back to the Future and Bob Gale himself, old man Biff disappears because... When he goes back and, and makes himself rich, something happens along the timeline. And in the early 90s, he gets capped by Lorraine. Mm. Gets shot. Boom. So when he comes back to 2015, he's dead. So he disappears. Interesting. Yeah. Strange. A little dark, I guess, when you think of it that way. I don't think um, so, actually. Back to but I liked it. I mean, I, 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 I think that him disappearing was another stamp on consequences of the time but maybe they thought they would have to explain too much why he disappeared and it was just easier to, to cut it out and then not address it i don't know it literally just made me think of another question so if that happened if lorraine capped him that's it that's why he disappeared then how could the the tip of his cane what was it a horse's head the tip of his cane it was a it was a fist it was like a, a fist, fist ever remain in the DeLorean, wouldn't that have disappeared too? It is that is an interesting question. Well, physical objects tend to not disappear in the movies; they tend to change, mm. right? Yeah, right. Like the newspaper changes, yeah. the almanac always oh, burned, but like the matchbook changes, the photographs change. But I think that the cane. No, I think it would have remained intact because the it. Old man Biff dying. Only thing it did it was prevent him from buying the cane, right? right? But he was in the he was in the DeLorean and he skipped over time. It's very confusing. See, this is why you get into the weeds. And see, <laughs> yeah, right? it's those questions. Yeah, it's probably why they cut it out. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, this is too confusing. Here's another good question for you. Why okay. why did Biff uh, why did Biff not recognize Marty as he was growing up? And he finally came of age. Why, why did he not realize he looked just like Calvin Klein? It's a great question. Here's my question for you. Um, 
Do you remember who the class president was in your graduating class? No. Do you remember anything that they look like? Uh, no. If I had to right. give it to a, a police a police sketch, they still do that. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Did you ever have any beef with anybody in high school? Do you ever like have like a, uh, an, a not a sworn enemy, but like a, even a casual enemy that was in your life for a week? Nothing. Do you remember anyone in high school who was there for a week? Let alone, like, oh like, no, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my thing. They're like, like yeah, when yeah. you think of this, yeah, she's sure, like an exchange was, student. Yeah, right. Like, sure, it was a big deal in the week, but like when you're in high school, you forget about that within the you know over summer break, and then you come back, and that guy's not there anymore, so he's out of your memory. So I don't think that he would recognize him. Like, if seriously, if somebody came up to me who I went to high school with, I was like, hey, Brad, we had class together uh, in sophomore year. Like, I sure. would probably have to take their word for it because I would have I would have no recollection, like zero, you know, unless you could show me a picture of us. So I actually don't put as much credence into that as other people think. And then they're like, well, they ended up naming their son Marty after the Calvin Klein guy said you should name your son Marty. Mm. I'm like, ah, I That's don't know. Stretch. I think that it's a stretch. Yeah. I think it's a stretch. 1955. Were there were there uh, photography in 1955? Yeah, there must have been. <laughs> yeah, there were photographs. What do you? <laughs> Do they have the photos yet? Yeah, they had photos. You don't but, think uh, there's yeah. photos of the enchantment under the sea dance? Like Marty could be seen there. He probably could have been. Um, but I just I think that we're we're thinking too hard. Yeah, we are. You know what I mean? Um, we're thinking too hard. Back to the Future One introduced me to Huey Lewis in the news, which I became a big fan of. Uh, my question for you is: What happened to the Pinheads demo tape? It's another great question. It's another great question. Um, you actually see it. Oh, at the end of the movie. Which one? Marty. One. At, uh, oh, Back yeah. to the Future One. Yeah, Back to the Future One. He's like got his mail, right? You could see it. Um, he he ended no, up. It's, it's right here. Back to the Future really? One is ending right now. Biff's waxing the car. So there's a point where like Marty goes to get the mail and then he's they sees like his folks and he's like, Whoa, what is going on with y'all? Y'all look so great, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm trying I'm sorry, I'm leaning in because I'm looking over your left shoulder trying to see exactly where we are. But um, yeah, he has the demo tape. And 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 what we don't what's not told to us on screen that you can find out is he did send it into the record companies uh, because he learned from his dad yeah. that you have to face your fears and you can't be afraid of rejection. Anything's possible. And he sent it into the record company. Wow, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, two more, two more questions, and then I'm gonna get you out of here, and I'm gonna get out of here as well. Um, this is a dumb question. I, I think I, I know the answer to it. You said you work in the education system. There's no such thing as a dumb question. That's a great, fucking great point. Uh, could back, back to the future have worked with any other car, um, besides a DeLorean? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. I mean, the story is strong. And again, going back to Indiana Jones, they wanted to originally make the time machine a refrigerator that they blew up with a nuclear bomb. Yes. Um, right. yep. That probably would not have worked. But they they actually, uh, I believe it was Ford, approached the production and said, hey, like, can we make Doc Brown's car a <laughs> Mustang? And that was, was, that in Gale, the, was that in the book? Did you talk about that? I probably did. I think you did. I, I probably that. did. Yeah. And then Bob Gale said, Doc Brown doesn't drive an effing Mustang. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he drives a DeLorean. 
it just is the best look. And what's really cool and is in Houston is the headquarters for DeLorean for whatever reason. And I got to go to the DeLorean Motor Company headquarters, see all the cars, see all the parts. They had a time machine at the time in the lobby. Um, and actually, in the book, you see uh, there's a picture of me at the very end of the book, standing there like with the flames looking at the thing. Yeah. You can find it somewhere. And that was taken actually in the parking lot of the DeLorean Motor Company. And Sarah there lent me her personal DeLorean to take the the, 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 the pictures with. Yeah, it was really sweet. Somebody in the chat says, if the DeLorean was so necessary and the movie was so iconic, why did the DeLorean fail? Well, the DeLorean had actually failed prior to the right. movie. It was already a failure yeah. before the movie. It was already right? out. And then it was the whole um, John DeLorean controversy with the cocaine and the drug cartelling yeah. and then getting caught up in the FBI stuff. And there's actually a really fascinating documentary where uh, Alec Baldwin plays John DeLorean. And it's kind of like a uh, they have there's like certain scenes that are dramatized in it. And they tell a story of DeLorean. It's really interesting. Um. Last question of the night. We we talk about this a lot on the show from time to time. Uh, you have Back to the Future 1, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3. It's like F. Mary Kill for Howard Stern. Uh, you get oh. to you get to own one, you get to stream one, and you get to trash one. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Own, stream, and trash. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm really only between the own and stream. Um, I think for the perfectness of the movie and it's setting everything up it's kind of the obvious answer i would own back to the future one although most days it's not my favorite which is crazy um so i would stream back to the future three mm. i would trash back to the future two. <laughs> it's hard but i love three i love three so much i love it really? i mean look i have even behind me is the, the yep. artwork from three yeah yeah no. that's crazy it would be hard for me to uh to get rid of three two is great because two you could actually say has the most iconic elements of back to the future like it has the hoverboard it has the almanac the pepsi perfect the flying delorean um there's like a uh, the hat the shoes yep. the nike air mags right the like reflective hat there's so many iconic things from back to the future too but uh i got it I gotta go trash it. I gotta trash it. Oh, phenomenal. Spectacular, Mr. Gilmore. Uh, since this is a wrestling show, I'm gonna ask you one question. Give me one quick answer. First name off the top of your head. Who dethrones Roman? Cody Rhodes. It's gotta be Cody Rhodes, Cody man. Rhodes. Um, right now, Roman, believe it or not, is in that same realm-ish to a lesser extent that Undertaker was when he had the streak, Ooh. right? Is like we're all waiting to see who's the guy. Good point. Right? Who's the guy to dethrone? And um, Brock Lesnar was the call for Taker. And I just feel like Cody, Cody is not a made man yet in the fans' eyes. Like he is a guy. He's a guy we like to see. He's a guy we like to cheer for and sometimes cheer against. But he's not a made man. You're not a made man until you compete on that big stage and you walk out the champ. Right. Um, and I think... Come Royal Rumble next weekend, he's got a pretty damn good shot of winning it. Spectacular. Um, I said it at the start. Thank you for giving us your time tonight. 
what we do at the end of every show is I'm going to give you the microphone, put over anything you want. We've had uh, your link tree going off in the chat all night here live on Twitch. Uh, but let people know where can we find you, where can we hear you, what do you want to plug, all that fun stuff. You know, I'm going to give you like the complete rundown. I normally don't do this, but I'm feeling a little vain right now. Now, um, you can <laughs> check me out. At, you can find all the links at theboatbradgilmore.com. You can check out the books, Back from the Future Celebration, Grace, Time Travel Story Ever Told, Bond, James Bond. They're both on Amazon, Target, Walmart, Audible, wherever books are sold. You can pretty much find them. Buy them if you'd like. That would be great. Um, you can listen to Booker T and myself if you're in the Houston area on the ESPN affiliate out here. Or you can stream the podcast at the Hall of Fame podcast on all the apps mm -hmm. on YouTube. You can watch the show, watch Booker and I do it in video form. You can listen to Back to the Future, the podcast season 10's coming out next month. We have Clue the Movie podcast where we watch Clue the Movie one minute at a time. You can check that out. <laughs> and then you can check out the collection with Brad Gilmore where I interview some of my favorite people of all time. Jimmy Fallon's been on the show. Yep. Mark Wahlberg's been on the show. Jay Leno. We just had... We just had William Shatner on the show, 91 years of age, and he and we had him on the show, so you can go check out interviews like that. And um, you can mo find me most nights in this room hanging out with my cat. Spectacular. I have two cats, too. I found out. I just found out recently that uh, every human year is not seven years. In cat years, I heard it's like 30. What? Yeah. So my cat is 500 years old. <laughs> What? That <laughs> yeah. can't be true. That's what I, I read that it on the I read it on the internet, so I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we don't have a fact checker here. Uh, you said something earlier in the show tonight that mm -hmm. made me pop, made me laugh when I said basement. You said we don't have basements here in Texas, and I laughed because uh, I thought of PB Herman and that there's no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> So I had to throw that out. If you have never seen that movie, go ahead and watch it. Um, otherwise, yes. yeah, Mr. Mr. Gilmore, you've been a pleasure to have on. We could talk wrestling or movies all day long. You're welcome back anytime. And, uh, well, have a glorious night. We'll talk to you soon. You have a better one, my friend, and I can't wait to come back. Peace. Spectacular, Vanessa.